Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. Denise appears as an on-air contributor for The Marilyn Dennis Show on The Today Show, Dr. Oz. She also appears on NBC, Fox, and CBS television affiliates in New York, L.A., Philadelphia, Chicago, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. She is everywhere. She's also styled some famous faces, including former First Lady Michelle Obama, Halle Berry, Beyonce, Kendall and Kylie Jenner, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Jennifer Lopez. With over a decade of experience, Denise has developed a loyal following of viewers who value her dress with confidence and mantra, helping women feel their best regardless of their size or shape. In light of the ongoing protests following the police killing of George Floyd, Denise is going to share how racism has affected her life personally and professionally. She's also going to share her thoughts on how to bring about meaningful and lasting change. Please welcome Denise Caldwell. Hey, Denise. Hey, Marilyn. How you doing? I'm really good. I was going to ask you the same thing. How are you doing? I know that you are with your mom right now, but we've got so much to talk about. Thanks for talking to us today. How are you doing? I'm, well, thanks for having me. And, you know, it's always a pleasure to um, to, to see you guys and, um, you know, be on the show. So thank you for having me. And I'm, I have to say, I'm doing Okay. Like, you know, people ask that a lot. My friends will text and we're, you know, always communicating with each other. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, so I, I like to say I'm in the land of the living. I have food. I have shelter. Um, work is starting to pick back up. So I'm doing okay in, in the professional aspect of things. And in the personal aspect of things, I'm, 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 I'm finding my way in this darkness, you know, this fog. So um, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. So you are uh, with with your mom. Uh, there is the COVID nineteen, the pandemic, the lockdown, and now uh, the latest situation here. Have you had conversations with your mother about um, how uh, she was brought up? How um, you know the, the the constructive and meaningful conversations about what is happening right now? I mean, absolutely. I mean, my mom, my grandmother, um, my oh, yeah. dad is a veteran. He served in the United States um, military. A lot of my cousins, you know, served in the armed forces um, as well. So, you know, race, religion, country, love, you know, all those different things are always at our kitchen table, um, per se. So we always kind of talk about them. And, you know, we talk about our experiences. My grandmother drove taxi. Uh, for 42 years, um, you know, she's a little short, you know, black lady with a lot of spunk and, and uh, you know, powerful words. Uh, you know, she'll tell you what she's thinking automatically. And uh, <laughs> she's very educated and she loves politics and things like that. So I feel like I've gotten a lot of my work ethic from her and also um, a lot of my authenticity. Whereas my mom is a person who is very loving and giving and, you know, she thinks about optimism um, as well. And our, our family as a whole, we're very uh, spiritual people. Um, you know, a lot of times I don't really talk necessarily about going to church and God, but I believe in God. You know, I believe in the God of the Bible um, and I do attend church a lot. And I have a lot of mentors that I look to that are in my church, um, you know, that hold me accountable on my actions, um, but also support me as well. So it's definitely um, a community you know, in New York where I'm at, although we are socially distant, we're still socially connected. Whereas we talk, we text. Um, yesterday we mm-hmm. got to see George Floyd um, Memorial. And so my uncle who's in Nashville, he was texting my mother, you know, and then, you know, friends yes. and family were kind of texting and saying how they felt. 
Um, so it really is a time for conversation, but it's also just a time to kind of have that love and that embrace moment um, to kind of just say, you know, what's happening, what's going on. And, you know, and then just try to come up with some type of resolution that you can actually do yourself, you know? So um, it's, it's been a moment where I'm saying I, I'm okay. Um, it's because I've always as a child been surrounded by love and support. Mm-hmm. And so as an adult, that love and support is still there. And now it's just in different channels. My family is still there, but I also picked up other families. You know, I consider, you know, the Maryland Dennis team to be a a family too. So, um, you know, I just Mm. love that there's a dialect going on, but it's also something that's very genuine. And it's something that's, you know, hoping to lead to a resolution too. Well, we're going to talk about this lifestyle space in just a minute, but I think about your grandmother driving the cab. Is this in New York City? No, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, it's a Midwestern okay. uh, state, uh, city state. Um, I like to say yeah. that it's more yes. of a town. Um, and I say St. Louis is a town. And you know, I don't want the people in St. Louis to get offended because I love my St. Louis people. Um, but it's very, growing up, it was always separated by race, religion. You know, it's very Catholic oriented. Yeah. The Pope has been to mm-hmm. St. Louis more times than I can count. Um, and that's unheard of. You know, I believe he's been there at least three times, um, you know, in my lifespan. And, you know, that that's huge. That's an honor um, for our city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's very mm-hmm. sports oriented. You know, we had football, baseball, right. hockey, and a lot right. of different things right. with that um, as well. So, Well, the reason, the reason why Louis, I ask. Well, the reason why I ask this, uh, Denise, is that when you would sit down and talk to your mo- your grandmother, because I know in in a lot of people's lives, some things were edited out to protect the children. Did she share uh, some stories with you to to help you understand what life is like for her? Did she did she edit out a lot, or did she share with you some probably very heartbreaking and could be dangerous stories? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, my grandmother and, and I also grew up, my great grandmother was alive as well. So I, I, I've been blessed mm-hmm. where we kind of had a little lineage. Um, my great grandfather, my yeah. great grandmother, you know, my grandmother and my mom um, and, and numerous, you know, cousins and uncles that are older. I'm kind of like the baby of the bunch um, in a lot of senses with age. So, um, yeah, my grandmother shared a lot, you know, a lot of experiences where, you know, there were things where she learned quickly. Um, a lot of things mm-hmm. where necessarily she was like, okay, this has happened. Um, and it was a learning a situation for her. Um, you know, some racism things as well. Um, my mom shared some racism things. I grew up, you know, what some people would say middle class. Um, my mother worked for the phone company. You know, my father was um, a sous chef at a high-end restaurant in the Central Western area of St. Louis. Um, and my school was very diverse. We had Bosnians, we had Asians, we had, you know, all different sorts of ethnicities. You know, there was Mm -hmm. an influx of Caucasians there, but there was an influx of African-Americans and Blacks there. Um, So, and it was a visual performing arts school. (laughs) So, Ah. you can imagine, we kind of were like, Mm. yeah. So, we were able to let our freak flag fly all the way. Um, And that was another nurturing thing you know you you go to school and there's some things you might say oh this isn't right but you talk it over with your family and they support you and protect you so um I might have been a little sheltered but I definitely knew that racism existed I knew you know because my family not only was you know hardworking, you know and educated 
they also told me about discipline, you know, so you respected the police, you respected them and you were mindful of certain things and certain actions um, along the way Mm -hmm. to keep you safe, but also to keep keep you you, um, in line, you know? Right. Right. So then I'm going to say this to you, um, Denise Caldwell, uh, you have um, become one of America's leading fashion and beauty experts. We know that working in both the United States and Canada. And so my next question has been is going to be racism. How does it differ from the border, north of the border, south of the border and your in your work? Um, it, you know, it, it's 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 alive. You know, racism is something that is alive and breathing. You know, you're. You kind of have this this book um, called The Invisible Man, and um, it talks about like the double consciousness of being a black person, and you're you're conscious of who you are, and also um, the environment that you're always constantly in. And I remember reading that in college, and I went to a historically black university. I went to Howard University in Washington D.C. So I, you know, it kind of just already was a microcosm of the world, Howard is, um, you know, and so going out, mm-hmm. I knew about racism. I knew once I got into the fashion industry, it wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. My first internship, you know, at a high end, a very high end, well-known magazine, um, it was only me, you know, and the lady that did, did the accounts receivable that were black. Um, by now, they have, you know, people still have, you know, tons of editors and things that are women of color um, and people of color, you know, um, and and it's amazing. But I remember when I interned there about 12 years ago, <laughs> it was just me. And not only just me, you know, not only was I black, I was a woman and then I was plus size. So, you know, I, I was getting all types of different types of action where I felt mm, that doesn't seem too, you know, nice or right. Um, but then I would get things where I was welcome, open arms. So it kind of just shows you that people are multifaceted, um, Mm -hmm. but it's totally different and has progressed within the 12 years when I first started, you know, as an intern at this high end glossy magazine. So when you, when you interned though, and those, the, uh, words that were spoken to you that were less than positive. Would you suffer in silence? Would you uh, talk to HR? Would you tell your mom? Like, did you hold it inside? Um, I think, you know, a little bit of, I did, I definitely didn't go to HR. Um, I just, I didn't know if that was necessarily the right thing to do. Um, You know, I was just starting out my career and, I just I didn't want that, you know, to be blackballed or for that to be kind of something where she's a person that doesn't know how to handle adversity because, you know, growing up as a black woman, adversity comes at you so many different ways. You handle it. Um, and I like to think I always handle things with grace. That's something that I learned growing up from, you know, people that raised me. Um, so it was more so once I realized it and I focused in on it. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, a person could just be having a bad day has nothing to do with you. But then when it's constantly a nudge or a budge Mm -hmm. or, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. it's different. She's new here. She doesn't know, you know, how things operate. And I'm like, oh, how do things operate? 
you know, just different things. And, and other people would say, oh, well, well, how do they operate? You know, someone else would speak up because they were saying it in front of, you know, other people. Um, so there yeah. was always some sense of community. Um, and I was in the fashion closet. So it was a very small area that was intimate, you know, because we were working hard, you know, blood, sweat, tears, um, and heels. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, right. people would speak no. up. They, they, they spoke up on my behalf and, you know, I cried. Oh, I'm good. a crier. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. I cry. And that was something my mom always told me, you know, as a, as a child, it's okay. You can, you can cry, you know, have that outlet, mm -hmm. that release. Now I didn't cry in front of people. I went to the bathroom. Um, but I, you know, that was something. And then I talked to my friends about it. You know, I would say, oh my gosh, this happened to me today. And it, you know, really hurt my feelings. It was disheartening. And, you know, we would talk about it, you know, if it was something really severe, which that didn't necessarily happen, I know that I could, you know, go to my mom and talk to things. But as my career continued to elevate, there were people of all races um, that helped me so much, you know, um, to elevate and to get to where I am. So I cannot say that the fashion industry, the beauty industry, the television industry is an industry that is not of opportunity of equal opportunity because it is. Um, and so that's something that I just love about it. Um, but I've always mm -hmm. had that, you know, commu communal space, my family, my friends, um, and mentors that I can say, Hey, you know, something happened. It didn't seem right to me and get their feedback on it and then move with it, you know, take away what they said, think about it as an adult, um, pray about it. And then, you know, move forward from there, you know, but of course I've had friends that have had, you know, experiences where you're like, oh my gosh, that is racist. It is something that you need to speak about. And some, you know, some people have had lawsuits. They went to HR, um, you know, they've been paid, you know, fees and certain things because it was justice that the companies felt was, you know, needed something needed to happen on their behalf. Um, you know, so I have heard of those things and, and I, I feel like it's disheartening, but it's also something that they're able to share their story and it's something mm -hmm. that never happened again. And like I said, when I look back at the glossy, you know, that I worked mm -hmm. at, that I interned for even fashion editors, mm -hmm. I see now so much diversity um, of not just, you know, black people, but black women, black men, LGBTQ mm -hmm. community, um, that are people of color that are in those spaces. And I'm like, wow, it's, it totally has evolved Change is evolving. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So let's, let's take Denise Caldwell where she is today and she's dressing mm -hmm. up and looking really good for that new glossy and she's going into work and you stop her at the door and you say, listen, I got some advice for you. What would you say to the young Denise Caldwell in the, in the, in, the, in the world that we're living in right now that about racism? You know what? I think it's kind of the same stuff I say to myself now. Like even, you know, when I was talking to someone this morning, um, I'm just a person that believes in being positive. And, you know, there's this uh, biblical verse that says, you know, faith is the substance of things that you hope for, the evidence of things unseen. Um, and that means that you have a belief you know, you're, you're convinced, you're confident that things are going to be great. Um, and so when I was younger, I didn't really know necessarily that that was faith or that was God or, you know, that was something that I was practicing. 
in that aspect, I just said, you know what, if I have a positive attitude, mm -hmm. I was a cheerleader. So it was mm -hmm. almost like, you know, we knew the difference between aggressive and assertive. We knew the difference between cheering people on and, and rallying them. So I kind of mm -hmm. always did that. And I didn't necessarily know that was faith or that I was walking in my purpose. But now it's just like, that's like, wow, it's an aha moment for me. But it's like, wow, you were doing that all along, girl. But now let's put that faith into action more. Let's put that, you know, that light that you are. Let's shine it in mm -hmm. some darker areas. Let's mentor some people and, you know, help them um, in different things. So I kind of just think it's more so, Denise, it's okay to be who you are, that happy, joyful person that loves, you know, red lipstick and loves to smile and, you know, be always see the glass half full versus empty. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, be a support system for people. Um, so I love what I love what I love what yeah. Yeah. I love the fact, first of all, it doesn't surprise me you were a cheerleader, but I love the fact <laughs> that you said faith into action. And that's what we're talking about is being active about this. It's not standing on the sidelines, mm -hmm. being an ally, not standing on the sidelines. And so George Floyd and his death, um, you know, ongoing protests against anti-black racism um, now affecting the world. Do you think that it's going to change? What do you see is going to change? Absolutely. I, you know, in the last week or so, so much has progressed um, from people that are really taking activism, social justice, um, empowerment, you know, they're, they're taking it to the next level. Um, you know, as I would say, I am a youth, but there's people that are younger than me that are really mm -hmm. out there in the streets doing the work. Um, and there's so many amazing organizations that help you mobilize. They help educate you. Um, and yeah. so within this last week, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The month of May just seemed like, you know, we were getting hit very hard in the black community with so many injustices um, and killings um, from people that we would look to, you know, to help us. Um, you know, to, 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 to protect us, to who, who you go to, you know, when you were asking me, who did I go to? Would I right. go to my grandmother and my mother and people to get that, you know, well, as an adult, you're the adult. So you kind of go to authorities to kind of help with that. But we've seen so much um, community and so much unity um, come together in a quick time um, because I think people are really, getting the point and not to mention because we're already in such a, you know, pandemic with um, the coronavirus, it just kind of to see those actions and those, you know, just, um, you know, disjustice things happen. It was disheartening, you know, people's heartstrings were really pulled because you're in your house. So you had to see it, you know, you're on social media yeah. because you're constantly on there because we're, you know, in quarantine. Mm -hmm. So you had to see it. So it something that yeah. needed to be addressed. So I'm, I'm um, hopeful and I'm optimistic. Um, I'm constantly in faith and praying that, you know, um, love. I feel like it's, it's, lo it's love, you know, softening, softening our hearts a little bit on things um, and still looking within ourselves to say, hmm, did I ever do something where it could have been, you know, even myself, I, I, I could have done something where I offended someone um, of another race. And if this is those times to have those discussions and what better place, because we're in quarantine, you're at the kitchen table a lot. Your kids are home. You know, you're with your family. 
um, you know, you're with your, your, other, your significant other. And it's just time, you know, you can have those conversations and not be uh, thinking about time. You know, saying, oh, right, we talked right. about it for a few minutes because we had to go somewhere or, you know, we had to be somewhere and do something. You're actually in your home in a comfortable um, environment and you can have those uncomfortable conversations and those real conversations um, and it'd be OK. And, and, you know, and some resolve from it or you come, you know, with that light bulb moment to say, ah, OK, that that is offensive or I didn't realize that, you know, or just to say, you know what? It's just plain wrong, you know. Um, I think a right. lot of people are just now saying it's just plain wrong, you know. And um, that just really, I think, gives a lot of people relief, you know, in the community that you're like, okay, your eyes are open, you see it, um, yeah. And you may have not seen it before and said, well, hmm, what if this situation or, you know, I'm, I'm, but this time when you saw, you know, some things that happened within this last month on video, mm. you know, you, you realize not only was it disheartening and sad and unfortunate, but it was wrong. Yes. And you're right about this lockdown, Denise, because you do have a captive audience and what a great moment it would be to have a chat with uh, family members, um, children. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot to some people about um, how to talk to kids about what's happening. It was not just the COVID-19, but, but it's also about, uh, you know, the, the terrible, the uh, anti-black racism that's happening in this world. Now it's the time to have the conversation. So the final question I have for you, Denise, and I so appreciate talking today. I really hear faith in your background. I hear kindness in your background. I hear understanding in your background. You're being very gracious about all of this. Um, what would you tell me as your friend that I can do to be a better ally to promote change? Well, I, well, you know, Marilyn, I, I just want to say this, you know, normally for me, um, I don't really always have these conversations on a public platform. So yeah, I, I want to say yeah. thank you for giving me that opportunity, you know, to do that. Um, I, you know, I think it's almost been like four years since we've worked with each other and known each other. Um, and I can say, you know, you all have always been such gracious hosts to me um, when I come in from the States, you know, making sure I'm okay. There's always some great TLC and love, you know, from everyone. So I felt really comfortable and relaxed, um, you know, having this discussion and, and telling my story. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, and, you know, also to what people can do to kind of educate themselves more if they want to mobilize. Um, you know, there's so many great organizations um, like the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Um, you know, education wise, we have the United Negro College Fund, UNCF. Um, you know, in the States, we have a huge election coming up in November. Um, 2020, where we're going to be voting for our presidential candidates. Um, and there's been many primary elections that have gone on. So there's organizations like the Collective PAC that helps you to get educated and aware politically. Um, and in the business front of things, um, there is the Color of Change, which is a great organization, and also the 15% Pledge, which talks about small businesses um, for African-American standpoint. And I love that um, from the fashion community, you know, so many brands that I work with on a daily basis, a lot of those brands and industry leaders have, you know, we always say, put your money where your mouth is. 
Um, yes. They have yeah. totally done that. They, they have donated, you know, multi thousands of dollars, you know, from 50,000, you know, dollars to $10,000. Amazon, you know, did, you know, a major million dollars um, amounts to different organizations as well. So there are a lot of different people that have prided themselves and CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America. Yes. They have yeah. made a mandate. Tom, Tom Ford is our chairman and Stephen Kolb is our president. And they have made a mandate. They went in and actually said that they want to increase the diversity with African-American and Blacks within the fashion industry as a whole. So they want people to look at their board of directors, to look at their hiring processes. Mm -hmm. They're going to have mentor programs. They're also, you know, going to make way for, you know, Black designers to be able to showcase things, how they can assist them and help them. Um, so the fashion community, the beauty community, the retail space, um, they have really come together within the last week to really um, mobilize, to educate themselves, educate their employees, educate their consumers and customers um, about that. And I just remember, um, you know, thinking there's a lot of things that we as a creed, as a, as a, as a, you know, creed, race, religion, sexual orientation, there's some things that we all come together on. It's music. You know, it's movies, entertainment, celebrities like it, don't like it. You know, we come together on those things and then there's shopping, you know, and whether you love fashion, but you have or you don't love it, but, you know, you need your necessities and, you know, certain things that you like. Um, when you see the areas of those things coming together for a common cause, it also um, it challenges you to do the same thing, but it also encourages you to do it. Um, so I'm just really proud that my industry has um, stepped up to do more as well um, in that, too, um, and help a lot of those organizations that I mentioned, um, too, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we had this time to talk today. And uh, it's good to hear from a business perspective how things you see it as a black woman changing and that how you what you don't do very often shared mm -hmm. what you experienced in your life and how you're going to move forward. So Denise, thank you so much. Where can people follow you? Yeah, absolutely. People can follow me. I am on Instagram at Style Expert Denise, and I'm also on Facebook, uh, Style Expert Denise Caldwell. Um, you know, so, and there's also a little thing called Google. So if you put Denise Caldwell in, I'll pop right up. <laughs> she pops right up. That's so great. Denise, thank you for your time today. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Sending love to you all in Canada. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.